0: Welcome to the MCU Fan Show. My name is Sean Gerber, and yes, that is a new name for a new era on the podcast. We also have new social handles to match, so follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at MCU Fan Show. Now, a little later on in this episode, I am going to answer one of the most frequently asked questions that we get on the podcast, who should play the Fantastic Four in the MCU. But before I get to that, I want to provide you with some information, an update on this show. And let's first go ahead and address the name change. We're still bringing you Marvel Studios news and commentary, but I wanted the name of the podcast to reflect what this podcast has been and what it will be in the years to come. This was something I've been thinking about doing for a while now, because as I've been looking at the podcast and thinking about it, particularly during some of our most popular series in the history of the podcast, like The Road to Infinity War or In the Endgame, The essence of this show has really been about celebrating our journeys through and alongside the Marvel Cinematic Universe as fans. We're usually not reporting or breaking the news. Yes, we talk about the news, but also much more than that. We spend more of our time discussing these characters and stories as MCU fans for the entertainment of fellow MCU fans. That's been our focus. That will be our focus. And now the name of the podcast reflects that. But it's not just about the name. It's not just about the people you've heard on this show before. This name change and new initiatives on this podcast are about you, our fellow MCU fans. If you are listening to this podcast, odds are you're a fan of the MCU. Why else would you be listening? You are a member of our community, and you matter to us. And One of the new initiatives that I've been working on this year is elevating more voices within the MCU fandom and using the platform that we've built here to elevate more voices in this space. As I've said before, it doesn't really matter when you arrived at this party of being an MCU fan. We're just glad you're here and that we're all together now. So whether you grew up reading comics and were just waiting on the start of the MCU with Iron Man, or you discovered the franchise through the Avengers, or Guardians of the Galaxy, or Black Panther, or Captain Marvel, or Avengers Infinity War, or Avengers Endgame, or any other story, Your journey to becoming a fan of the MCU is just as valid as anyone else's. There are no rankings within fandom. There are no real fans or bigger fans. If you love and celebrate the MCU and treat your fellow fans with kindness and respect, you have a place here. We are all equal, all on the same level, and it's a pretty great level to be on as MCU fans. So earlier this year, I reached out for some of your stories regarding what brought you to the MCU, what made you a fan and I received so many great responses with stories I can't wait to share as told by the people who lived them, and I invite you all now to share your story if you haven't already. You can email us at fanshowpodcast at to tell us your story of how you became a fan of the MCU, what it's meant to you. You can share it there via email, fanshowpodcast at gmail.com. You can also just find the Instagram post for this episode of MCU Fan Show and leave a comment with your story of your journey to becoming an MCU fan. I'll be looking over those responses and perhaps sharing some of those stories by reading them aloud on the podcast, but I'm also going to be reaching out to some listeners to see if they'd like to join me on the podcast to discuss their story. I'm really excited to read all of your stories and discuss some of them with you, so please send them in. So you can comment on Instagram at MCUFanShow for the post for this episode of the podcast, or you can just email your story to us And the address again is fanshowpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, now it's time for some fantasy casting or is it fantastic casting? Is it fantastic forecasting? I don't even really know what it is, but this is going to be my fan cast for the Fantastic Four. I host a lot of Q&A shows on our Patreon as well as on Instagram Live. And among the most frequently asked questions has to be my fan casting choices for the Fantastic Four. And I've had lots of thoughts on Reed Richards over the years, but I haven't had as many strong opinions on the other members of the team. And even my thoughts on Reed have changed as the years have gone by. But now I have a favorite group of actors to play this team, and I will share my top choices for each member of the Fantastic Four with all of you now. So for Reed Richards, aka Mr. Fantastic, my top casting choice is Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. You may know him from his previous work as Cal Abar, a.k.a. Dr. Manhattan in HBO's Watchmen last year, or maybe you saw him as Black Manta in Aquaman a couple of years ago. He was also in the Baywatch movie adaptation. He was in The Get Down on Netflix. He's also in the Candyman film by Nia DaCosta that's coming up later on this year. But the reason why I like Yahya Abdul-Mateen II so much for this role is just looking at Reed Richards, He's a very unique character. He has to have a genuine sense of warmth that carries through even when the character is often distant. He's charismatic and funny, but not in the way that another genius like Tony Stark was charismatic and funny in the MCU. He's a nerd. He's not cool. He's corny. He can be kind of a walking dad joke at times, but he also has to be able to hold his own while discovering and discussing the mechanics of the multiverse. So, who can be entertaining? and engaging while delivering dialogue that runs the high risk of running dry. Who can have chemistry and genuine connections with the rest of the first family? I think Yahya Abdul-Mateen II has proven he can do all of that and more in his previous body of work. There are some pretty obvious similarities in a character like Reed Richards and Dr. Manhattan, who Yahya played in Watchmen last year. So you can certainly look in that or see that performance and understand how it could connect, how it could translate To Yaya Abdul-Mateen II playing Reed Richards, but I don't think it's to the point where, because usually I like to avoid that kind of thing. If an actor has played a similar character previously in their body of work, I don't necessarily want them to play that type of role in the MCU or another superhero-based film, but I think there's still enough that's left on the table to where there are some similarities between Reed Richards and Cal Abar. But there's also still plenty of open space left that Yaya could fill in with a performance that allows him to show things we haven't necessarily seen before, while also showcasing some things that we already know that he's good at. And I think that Yaya Abdul-Mateen II has shown that he has pretty broad range as an actor. There are a lot of things that he can do, like in the Striking Vipers episode of Black Mirror, which also starred a couple of MCU actors, Anthony Mackie and Pom Klementiev. There are just a lot of things that Yaya does very well as an actor. And I think it's really important when we think about the casting of the entire Fantastic Four, but then particularly with Reed Richards. I mean, this is a character who is likely going to cross over and interact with a number of characters throughout the MCU. And you need a character or you need an actor who can portray the different facets of this character. The father, the scientist, the husband, the friend. There are so many different things going on with the character of Reed Richards that all have to work so well. It's a very tricky balance, and it's something that I don't necessarily think a ton of actors can do. Not to say that Yahya Abdul Mateen II is the only one, but he is my top choice by a comfortable margin. And it doesn't really matter to me that he's played two characters for DC and is still playing Black Manta in the Aquaman franchise. I don't really know how many more times he's going to appear. As Black Manta, anyway. Presumably, the character is going to be in the sequel to Aquaman, but how many more times are we going to see him after that? And it doesn't really matter because Black Manta is a completely different character than Dr. Manhattan, and they are both completely different characters than Reed Richards, aka Mr. Fantastic. So I'm not really worried about that. And we've seen actors go back and forth between different superhero universes before. It's not really an issue. The only thing that would be an issue is if there is some sort of non-compete that prevents Yahya Abdul-Mateen II from working for Marvel Studios. But unless there's a non-compete that makes it impossible, then Yahya Abdul-Mateen II should be Reed Richards in the MCU, at least as far as I'm concerned. Now, that brings us to Susan Storm, a.k.a. The Invisible Woman. And my top choice for this role is Issa Rae, best known for her HBO series Insecure but she also recently appeared in The Lovebirds with Kumail Nanjiani on Netflix. She was also in The Photograph, The Hate You Give, and Little. This has been, Susan Storm, probably the most difficult role for me to fan cast. I didn't really have anyone I really loved for this role until I thought of Issa Rae. I think that Issa is truly gifted as a writer, producer, and actor. I wouldn't even mind seeing her co-write the film, but I also think she would be great as an actress playing Susan Storm. Issa's shown that she can do everything you'd ask of an actor on Insecure with a really multi-dimensional performance that's carried out a compelling arc for her character of Issa over the course of four seasons on that series. She can be compassionate and tough. She can love Reed Richards while still calling him out honestly and bluntly on his flaws. And she can convey her own strength and value that goes beyond her relationships with the three male characters in the first family. I think that Issa is the type of performer, who has it all and could really elevate the character of the Invisible Woman. I could see her right alongside all the other female heroes in the MCU. If we ever got that all-female team up in the MCU, I would love to see Issa Rae as Susan Storm be a part of it. I think she would be really, really terrific in this role. And when I think about the chemistry of Reed Richards and Susan Storm as a couple, and I think about applying that to Yaya Abdul Mateen II and Issa Rae, I think the two of them would work really, really well together as the leaders of Marvel's first family. So I think Issa Rae would just be a really fun and magnetic choice for this character. And I think it's the type of casting that would be easy for audiences to really rally behind and and really enjoy this character. And as I said, elevate this character and really put her at the forefront of this team for audiences. I think it would be a lot of fun to see her in this role. And I think she would do a lot of really great things with it throughout multiple appearances in a Fantastic Four franchise and perhaps in other films as well. For Susan's brother, Johnny Storm, aka The Human Torch, my top pick is Shamik Moore. His previous work includes voicing Miles Morales and in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. He was also in the Rick Famuyiwa film Dope, as well as The Get Down, the series on Netflix. I think Shamik Moore is one of, even though maybe he's not as underrated and underseen, underheard as he used to be, thanks to Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Overall, I still think he's one of the more underrated talents in all of Hollywood. I think he is incredibly entertaining. He is incredibly charismatic. And I just think based on his age, I mean, normally I would say, let's let Shameik Moore play Miles Morales in live action. The only issue there is that at 25 years old, Shamik Moore is probably too old to start playing Miles Morales in live action in the MCU because we don't really have any indication that Miles Morales' arrival in the MCU is imminent at this point. So if he hasn't aged out of the role already, he's going to very, very quickly. So I don't really think Shamik Moore has much of a live action future as Miles Morales in the MCU, but that doesn't mean that he can't be part of the live action MCU. And so if we're looking at other roles that he can play, I think Johnny Storm is perfect because I think when you look at this character and you see that he can show different sides, I mean, if we want actors to be able to show us things that they haven't necessarily shown us, we get glimpses of that brash, cocky side of Johnny Storm, There's maybe a little of that in Shamik Moore's voice performance as Miles Morales in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And we'll see a little bit more of it. As Miles becomes more and more confident as that series continues, but at the same time, Miles Morales and Johnny Storm are two completely different personalities. But I think Shamik Moore is up to the task of portraying that cocky, brash exterior from Johnny Storm, while also infusing the character with some genuine emotional depth and heart. And I think he'd also work very, very well as a younger brother to Issa Rae's Sue Storm and have little problem getting under the skin of Ben Grimm. If we're talking about that rivalry between the Human Torch and the Thing, I think Shamik Moore could certainly hold up his end of that. And I also think that just looking at other things of how characters connect to one another within the MCU, one of the great rivalries in the history of Marvel Comics, besides the rivalry within the team between Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm, is the rivalry between the Human Torch and Spider-Man. And looking at Shamik Moore, In real life, he's only about a year older than Tom Holland, so if we're talking about actors who are fairly close in age, that allows the characters of Spider-Man, the Peter Parker Spider-Man, and the Human Torch to be fairly close in age, and I always liked that, particularly if you're going back to the Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Fantastic Four comics, or the Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Spider-Man comics, and a little bit of that rivalry that carried on even beyond... That era of Marvel Comics, that rivalry between Spider-Man and the Human Torch, I always thought that was a lot of fun, and I would love to see that played up in the Marvel Cinematic universe. And so I think Shamik Moore and Tom Holland playing off of one another, I think that would work very well, which just makes me like that casting even more. And so for Ben Grimm, aka the thing, my top choice is Seth Rogan. And you probably know his previous work, whether it's Long Shot Last Year, Knocked Up, Super Bad, Neighbors. Seth Rogen is well known at this point, And I know I'm not the first person to fan cast Seth Rogen in this role. He is a somewhat obvious choice, which isn't usually the way I like to go about my fan casting. But I think Seth Rogen is really too great of a choice for this to, to pass up. Rogen can bring the humor that you would expect from Ben Grimm, he's also got that booming, deep voice that you would kind of expect from Ben Grimm. But Rogan also has the dramatic chops to capture the inherent sadness and even that tender side of the ever-loving blue-eyed thing. And I also think it's important for the thing to offer Jewish representation in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If it's going to be an inclusive franchise that's going to offer greater diversity as it moves forward, it would certainly help to embrace one of the most popular Jewish superheroes comics have to offer. And co-creator Jack Kirby was particularly proud of Ben Grimm being a Jewish superhero because he included the thing on one of his family Hanukkah cards. And as for the rest of the cast, I just don't think there's any reason why the MCU's first family can't be black. I know they're not black in the comics, but considering the overwhelming ratio of white characters in superhero comics relative to any people of color, the MCU can, has, and should continue to embrace the idea of white characters being played by actors who are not white, or they at least don't have to exclusively be played by white actors. And I certainly think that there is power in having the MCU's first family feature a predominantly black cast. But really what that would be is, as powerful as that is, and as much as that would resonate, it's also a byproduct of casting the best people for each of these roles. These are my top choices because I believe these actors are the best fit for their respective roles. And my top choice to direct this film, by the way, so I've put out my cast of the Fantastic Four, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II as Reed Richards, Issa Rae as Susan Storm, Shamik Moore as Johnny Storm, Seth Rogen as Ben Grimm. And my top choice to direct this film, this is not new. If you've been following me on the podcast or anywhere else where I've talked about this before, my top choice to direct The MCU's Fantastic Four remains D Reese. She directed a phenomenal film, Mudbound, in 2017. And even though it seems like the crazy thing to talk about and highlight with somebody's previous work, if you search on YouTube for D Reese Walmart box commercial, you will see a Super Bowl ad that she did a couple of years ago, where it was just a contest for filmmakers to make an ad that was built around the theme of a Walmart box. And she created this sci fi epic. That was taking place through the eyes of a little girl who was watching a sci-fi epic through the holes that she had cut out in the Walmart box. It was really clever, really well done, and I think established that Dee Reese certainly has an interest in genre material, in sci-fi material, and also has some really creative ability in that respect. And while that may seem like a small project, she proved how good of a director she was on the feature film side with Mudbound in 2017. She showed her interest in the Walmart box commercial. But I also think that when we look at what's happened in the MCU and the way that directors, the way filmmakers have gotten the attention of Kevin Feige and the team at Marvel Studios, it has been from unexpected places, like paintball episodes of community really helping get the Russo brothers on the map. And we all know how that turned out. I think Dee Reese is a really great filmmaker and would work wonders with this extraordinary fan cast that I have for Fantastic Four. Now, even if Marvel Studios listens to this show, And even if they agree with my top choices, the reality in Hollywood and everywhere else is that you can't always get what you want. And so studios need to have shortlists with backup options. And I have those for the Fantastic Four. And I will list them in just a moment and then explain my top choices or the other choices on my shortlist for each of these roles. I will explain that on the Patreon credit scene for this episode, and Patreon is where we offer exclusive podcasts that are not available anywhere else. Patreon credit scenes, which I referred to a moment ago, where we expand on the topic of the main episode, or we just discuss an additional topic. We have an additional conversation on top of the main episode. That is an exclusive podcast on our Patreon. We also have Marvelous Moments, which are mainly scene breakdowns, where we break down some of the top moments in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have plenty of other exclusive podcasts, a daily news show that runs Monday through Friday, a monthly book club where we focus on comics, quarterly commentary tracks for Marvel Studios and other Marvel-based films. So we have plenty of exclusive content and everything that I've listed and more that is available on our Patreon. And if you are getting that exclusive audio, you get your own private RSS feed so you can get all of your podcasts in one place. You get the MCU Fan Show and all of the Patreon exclusives in one feed. You don't have to track them down in multiple places. Everything's in one spot that you can put in a podcatcher, like Apple Podcasts, so you get the private RSS feed. And also, in addition to the exclusive audio, we have a Patreon-exclusive Discord community where we text chat about Marvel and other things every day, but we also have office hour sessions that I host where we just talk about Marvel or any other questions that come to mind. And we also do watch parties where we watch Marvel movies together. So for all the information that we have on all of those different exclusives, please visit, it's a new address than the one you've heard before, patreon.com slash Sean Gerber. That's patreon.com slash S-E-A-N-G-E-R-B-E-R. And speaking of our Patreon, I do have some folks to thank. So thank you very much to Steve M., Riley D., Julian L., Chad S., and Kial J. They are some of the latest patrons who are now enjoying the exclusive content and community that I just discussed. So getting back to the shortlist for Fantastic Four, if I don't get my top choices, although I'll relist them just for reference, who else could play these particular parts? But before I get into that, I just want to throw out one other name for one other role that is connected to the Fantastic Four, although this is a character that I think could lead his own film, his own Disney Plus series, whatever it is, and that is the Silver Surfer. And I have names that I like for this role. Rami Malek is a name that people have thrown out there for Silver Surfer that I like. I also like the idea of Keanu Reeves playing Silver Surfer. Keanu hasn't been in the MCU yet, but I also feel like it's just a matter of time. So I like him for Silver Surfer. I also like him for Adam Warlock, by the way, although I don't really think that's the direction that James Gunn is going to go if Adam Warlock is in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which James Gunn has never technically promised to us. But a top choice that I have right now, or the top choice that I have right now for Silver Surfer, you saw him, or maybe you've seen him now on Disney Plus as Aaron Burr in Hamilton. Leslie Odom Jr., I think, would be a really great actor to play the part of Silver Surfer. When you talk about the moral complexity of being the herald of Galactus, I think a lot of what you saw or what you can see from Leslie Odom Jr. as an actor in Hamilton, I think a lot of that translates to Silver Surfer while, again, offering a lot of additional space for Leslie Odom to show things that he hasn't shown in his previous work. And I think he has the range in order to be able to do that. So getting now into the shortlist for the Fantastic Four. So for Reed Richards, Again, top choice Yahya Abdul Mateen II. But if he can't do that role, then the other top choices that I have are William Jackson Harper, who is best known perhaps as Chidi Anagonye in NBC's The Good Place. But I also really like Bill Hader for this role, and I also like Lakeith Stanfield. So that is my shortlist Yahya Abdul Mateen II, Lakeith Stanfield, William Jackson Harper, and Bill Hader for Reed Richards. For Susan Storm, Issa Rae remains my top choice, but she just edged out somebody else who I think would be really good, who was almost in the MCU, and that is DeWanda Weiss, who is in She's Gotta Have It on Netflix, and it was actually that series. DeWanda Weiss, as you may recall, was reportedly cast in Captain Marvel and then had to drop out because of the second season of She's Gotta Have It, and then she was replaced by Lashana Lynch, who did a great job playing Maria Rambo in Captain Marvel, and I think all of that worked out well enough for Captain Marvel, but there's still a place, there still has to be a place for Dewanda Weiss in the MCU. Other names on my shortlist for Susan Storm include Ruth Nega, who was on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I'm not really worried about that. I think that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s relationship with the MCU, it's not really 100% canon, and so I wouldn't let Ruth Nega's role in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. prevent her from taking on a larger role in the MCU. And the last name on my shortlist for Susan Storm is Evan Rachel Wood, who is best known in recent years, of course, for being on HBO's Westworld. So for Johnny Storm, after Shamik Moore, my shortlist consists of John Boyega, who I also would be excited about seeing in the MCU at some point, Marcus Scribner from ABC's Blackish, and Joe Curie, who is probably best known as Steve on Netflix's Stranger Things. For Ben Grimm, after Seth Rogen, my top choices are Nick Kroll, Jonah Hill, and Andy Samberg. So I will talk more about these choices and why I like them for these respective roles in the Patreon credit scene, which again, you can access at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber, S-E-A-N-G-E-R-B-E-R, if you're not a member of our Patreon community already. And that is where I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the MCU Fan Show. It's a little bit of a shorter episode than we normally have, but the reason why is I wanted to just update you all on the name change to the show, talk to you a little bit about that, and also just start letting you know about the opportunities to share your story so that maybe you'll have an opportunity to join us on this podcast, or maybe just have your story read aloud on the podcast, and you can start by sending it to us Fanshowpodcast at gmail.com and tell us all about your story of what brought you to the MCU, what made you a fan, and what that's meant to you, your journey as a fan of the MCU. So you can share that with us via email, fanshowpodcast at gmail.com, or you can comment on the Instagram post for this episode. And again, our social handles, they're the same all across the board now Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MCU Fan Show, but that is going to do it for this episode. So for the MCU Fan Show, I'm Sean Gerber. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.